Hello, this is Mark Walton, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, it's the Fulham Focus Podcast. My name's Matt Boisclair, and welcome to our end-of-season review show. Most of us spent the season watching matches in empty football grounds from our homes as the world continues to deal with the pandemic. So in many ways, football was still able to provide some respite from the stresses of everyday life. But Fulham really did do their best to make enjoying football as difficult as possible, as once again we were relegated back to the Championship after just one season. We've got an equal number of co-hosts tonight to the number of Fulham Premier League victories Fulham had last season. Yes, that's right, we wanted to give you five of the very most knowledgeable and witty Fulham fans around. But only Will Oakley, Morgan Cowson, Matt Dom, Baldo and J-Mac were available, so you'll have to make do with them. Keep listening for more top-notch humour such as this. The format of the show is simple, there's 13 categories and each of us will pick a winner in inverted commas with the only stipulation being that your winner has to be different to all the other co-hosts. Can't wait to see how six of us get around the best home win. Let's go guys. Fulham. Right then lads, so the first category is best performance of the season. Slim pickings probably. J-Mac, I'm coming to you first mate. I reckon I'm probably going to go for Everton for that one, just because of how consistent we were throughout the entire game and the clean sheet. I thought Everton was definitely our best performance easily. A couple of goals from Josh Madger in there as well. Was it that we were good or was it Everton was shit? I yeah, think right. we were good. I think it was one of the games that we were actually brilliant in. I mean, the others will say what other games we were good in, but I thought we were actually, we matched them really well. I don't think Everton were bad. We were just superb that game, which is rare. And a rare win at Goodison Park as well. Our only yeah, ever win it. at Goodison Park, in fact. One of the rare shining lights of the season. Lovely stuff, mate. All right, uh, Baldo, how about for you? Um, so I've gone for Tottenham away. And, you know, even though it was it was only a draw, I think everything that sort of went around that, because that was the week, two weeks, 10 days, however long it was, that we were all being shunted about because of our team managed to get COVID. And the fact that, you know, Spurs were pretty good at that time. I think they'd only just recently been top of the table. I know they sit up, but they were still a pretty decent side. And to go away in a season, you know, in this in that situation against the Tottenham Hotspur side and to manage to get a draw out of it, I felt, you know, pretty good, all, th- all things considered, both on and off the pitch. And as I said, just remember, no one's allowed to pick the same as anybody else, hence why we haven't yet had the big hitters. So let me come to you, Matt Dom. What are you going for, mate? Let's, let's start positive, shall we? Um yeah, the Liverpool win. I mean, what can you say? It's a brilliant team performance. Uh, put us level with Brighton. Put us a point behind Newcastle. Who remember we only needed to be three points behind on the last day. Uh, <laughs> I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it, it continued our unbeaten away run. Um, we may have lost, I can't remember exactly, but we, we, we were good away from home at that point. 26 points. We got two more. That was March. <laughs> You know, but at that point, it seemed like it was it was turning for us. But alas, yeah, that was our uh, our eighth away performance without defeat, wasn't it? That one, and then yeah, all kind yeah, of went pear shaped. All went pear shaped after that. Uh, Morgs, how about you, mate? Your best performance of the season? Uh, I've gone for the Leicester away win. Um, I think it was. I don't think it was the game that kick-started the um, unbeaten run because I think we played Man City just, just after that, didn't we? But that performance, it was something that we hadn't seen all season. It was counter-attacking football. 
Um, I think it was the day that he switched to 5-3-2, and it worked an absolute treat. Uh, obviously, Lookman's goal was an absolute sort of beauty of counter-attacking football, and Cav scored a penalty, making up for the fact that he slipped on his ass the week before. So, you know, and we even held out, you know, whole, whole second half, kind of battening down the hatches. And it was just an all-round sort of great performance, and it kind of sparked that bit of... Uh, bit of a fire in the belly and uh, that worked out well well at that point it did feel like the season might might turn didn't it and I remember that that first goal that that Lutman scored kind of created by Anguissa wasn't it back when Anguissa was good <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it, that was the thing wasn't it it was a period where everyone was looking quite bright and they were looking positive and they were just like they were up for this they sort of the change of system the you know and what then went on was sort of you know sort of good away performances. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, the clinical side of it wasn't quite as a uh, positive after that game. Well, for my performance of the season, I've gone for those building the Riverside stand because those people, the personnel on the pitch, were shite, weren't they? Nine times out of ten this season, they were they were absolute rubbish. So I've gone for the Riverside stand, and I know it's not finished yet, but it does look absolutely magnificent. And when I went to the Liverpool home game just before Christmas, I was so looking forward to seeing how how it was coming along. And my seat was so far um, in, what is it, like H7, I think. So I was right up against the wall in H7. I couldn't even see what they'd done with uh, with the Riverside stand. So it wasn't until the Newcastle game that I could fully appreciate it. But it does look absolutely magnificent. Um, and it's good that the club do the regular monthly updates as well, where you can kind of see what they've been doing and they talk to those that are building it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my performance of the season. Sod, sod the players, sod the performances on the pitch. I've got, I've got to say, it's like... you I was watching some highlights today and you see at the beginning of the season, there is nothing there. It is mm. just absolutely. And now look what's there now. The speed at that, which that's gone up. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's I guess. It's gone up faster more... than we're able to go back down. Lead, <laughs> yeah. <isn't it? laughs> yeah, I hope it doesn't come down as quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lovely stuff. All right. And Will, how about you, mate? Performance of the season. Uh, yeah, I've gone for the game you just mentioned, actually. Liverpool at home. Um like you say, I was at that game as well. One of the, well, two games you were like possible, it was possible to go to. And I actually thought we played really well. I thought we played better than the actual Liverpool win. Uh, in my opinion, we created lots of chances. Um, there was, I'm sure we'll get onto this, but the VAR calls, there was, you know, you could say we could have had a pen. And and yeah, I, I thought we were really good against Liverpool actually and created lots of chances. Uh, first time we saw like Bobby Reed, you know, playing the new system at like right wing back. And it was all at that point, like the whole system was relatively new. And obviously that was the first Prem game we were able to go to in a long time. And I thought it was a really good performance for me. So, yeah, that's my one. And of course, again, that was when Liverpool were good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. The bottom, the bottom dropped out of their season, didn't it? All right, let's come on to the next category then. So we're going for goal of the season next. And I've gone for Fabio Carvalho against Southampton uh, right at the end of the season. We'd just been relegated in the previous game. Um, Bobby Reed played him in and um, he fired it in off the underside of the crossbar. I think, was it his first start for the club, I think, as well? Um, hell of a goal. Um, and looking forward to seeing what he can he can offer us next season. I mean, that the goal came when we were already 2-0 down. Um, so it didn't really mean that much, but it was a cracking finish all the same. Um, Baldo, how about you, mate? Uh, so I've gone for Tom Kearney's one against Palace, and even though it was a sort of late consolation effort, it, it, 
and it was at the start of the season, it just gave me flashbacks to what, you know, when Fulham were good, you know, because, you know, even last season in the championship, we, it wasn't exactly the great football, but if you want to go back to the Slavisi Akanovic days, you know, 16, 17, 17, 18, Tom Kearney was firing them in on a regular basis, and it was just good to see that he still has that in his locker and, you know, whether or not he's going to be a part of our plans next season is still up in the air, but if he is, then I hope that he, you know, after this time he's got injured, I hope he still has that in his role in, in his locker because, you know, I'm a I'm a fan of the Thunder Bastard if you prefer to call it that way, and I just want I just want to see more of them. And if Tom Kenny has them, then by all means keep shooting, lad. I think he probably enjoyed it as much as he did because he put it straight on his Instagram immediately after the game, even though we lost, which I thought was a bit of a weird move to be honest. But I mean, yeah, fair enough. Thunder bastard! I've never, I've never even heard that, but I, I might. Was it, sure. was, was it any, was it any weirder than that advert he did? Was it with Uber Eats or Justy or Deliveroo during the, during yeah, some point that last was after season? A defeat as well. How yeah, exactly. You need a curry. Yeah, exactly. He's done some oh, weird God. stuff on his Instagram. <laughs> but I don't blame him. It's yeah, the modern age. I can't remember. Thunder bastard. <laughs> Thunder, ba- right. Thunder bastard is a great term. You should, you should use that. <laughs> go, go on, Morgs. What did you pick, mate? But I um, I went for Adam Ola Lookman against Sheffield United. Uh, I just thought, you know, it was his first goal. He'd shown a couple of glimpses of what he can do. Um, and it was one of those, you know, goals that you see and you just think, oh, this player might be a bit special. And we got a couple from him like that. Uh, I was always slightly wary that he might not be able to make it a whole season, having not played a huge amount for Leipzig the year before. Uh, I was somewhat proved right, I guess. But... He, uh, on that particular day, when he um, he picked up the ball and just basically drove at the uh, the Leicester defence and smashed it in, I was like, nice. That, that was a great goal. And obviously, there aren't a huge amount to choose from the season. So, yeah, definitely my top. Fair enough. And Matt Dom, I think you picked another one of Lutman's few strikes, haven't you, this season? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you, you guys mentioned it in the last, in the last question a bit. But um, his goal against against Leicester um the way the way we set up and the way we'd we'd become started to become a little bit better in defense it seemed like this this kind of goal was was would, would become more common you know the um and Gisa just driving forward with the ball uh from from a counter attack and lovely through ball and then a really tidy finish from Lookman uh you sort of got the impression that well, maybe this is the way we're going to play and we've, we've we've got the sort of players in Lookman to do that um sadly we didn't <laughs> it was a one-off and uh and we're talking about it as a as a one-off good goal instead and speaking of one-off good goals will yes uh i went for lamina's uh winner <laughs> against liverpool i think um i think even like any goal against liverpool no matter how uh technically good it is is such a a big goal i mean beating the former premier league champions is is an achievement in itself. But I also do think it's a great finish as well. I think it was either a volley or a half volley, but the way he kind of reacted quickly and also it was sort of Salah that messed up. I think he sort of dived a bit on the floor, try and get a foul out of it and it wasn't given. Um, and, you know, he's always on the floor. So, yeah, it's kind of good to see that not go in his favour. Uh, and it was a great finish and won us the game, really. Did win us the game, yeah. Quite, quite, um, in a nutshell... Um, did Mario Lamina do anything else good all season? Anyone gave it away a few times? Um, yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah. Sh- he cried. Got emotional, yeah, yeah. 
All right, let's move on. Uh, J Mac, <laughs> J Mac's going to come in with the correct answer now. Goal of the season, mate. Yeah, not very original. I've gone from Ola Ina's goal. Um, the award he got, he looked like he was in the back of a pub garden when he gave it. Uh, when he was given it, it was really strange. But um, I, I love this goal. Just obviously, it's an obvious choice. But the way the ball has a sort of, it looks like the ball has a sort of mind of its own when it's hit. It reminds me of Papa Cisse's goal against uh, Chelsea actually about four or five years ago, maybe more. Um, and it just sort of the way it hits. Also, I've come to love goals now because of Morgan and Dom that hits the woodwork, does a little ping on the way in, and I thought that was really actually. I get it now. Very satisfying to watch. And they I are. They are the best goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I get it now. I thought it was very satisfying to watch, and I've I've learned well from them. So I will definitely go for you know, which is obviously the correct answer. Absolutely. He also, by the way, he did an amazing back heel assist for um, the Super Eagles like six days ago. You should watch it. Anyone listening, you should watch it on uh, Twitter or something. Just type it in. It's amazing. Anyway, enough about him. Good, good for him. <laughs> the the Torino player. Good. <laughs> he's gone. He's he's gone now. Yeah, he's gone. Sadly. I'm going to come straight back to you, J Mac. Actually, for your opinion on the next question, which was the moment of the season. I've just done this just to be a bit more hipster with it. it I think it's got to be when Bobby Reed is trying to undo uh, Mendy's gloves in the Chelsea game. I just I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything like that. I don't think many people have. I mean, it was mentioned on the Peter Crouch podcast. There's a whole renaissance at the moment happening for shithousery and its term, terminology, but that is absolute class. I mean, even it's it's like a scene from Oliver Twist or something. I just don't understand it. Even I mean, Mendy himself was just didn't even realise it was happening. But I just love the cheek of it. So for me, just just for the sake of being a bit fun, I thought that was brilliant. That would be my favourite moment. Just for... I missed that. What what happened? Well, he said. I mean, they're coming. It's a corner to us, and he's just standing next to Mendy, and he's trying to actually undo the keeper's gloves as a distraction before he tries to, you know, get. It's absolutely brilliant. I, honestly, watch it. I'm going to another video. I'm going to recommend everyone to watch if you haven't seen it. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. All right, mate. Lovely stuff, uh, Matt Dom. What have you gone for for the moment of the season? Um, I've gone for kickoff in the first game at home to Arsenal. <laughs> we're out of the relegation zone. We're undefeated. We're in the Premier League. There was hope. This time it was going to be different, right? Let's not talk yeah. about what happened eight minutes <laughs> later. <laughs> was, yeah, that, was, that only, was that only eight minutes? Yeah. Oh, was that quick? Was that quick? Crikey. And do you not remember though? I mean, it's been such a long season. We started the season off conceding every under ten minutes for the first three or four games, didn't we? I mean, yeah. I, it's been and then we finished. The I, I made quite off. a bit of money because of that. I was kept, I kept betting sort of uh, <laughs> like scoring in the first ten minutes. It's great. It's the only time you'll ever hear Baldwin referring to eight minutes as being quick as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying no more. <laughs> I've, uh, for my moment of the season, I've just gone for the end of it. It's my favourite moment of the season. We're all stuck in prison, stuck in lockdown, no fans in the grounds, shit season, shit team. Glad it's over and done with. Who hasn't been yet? Baldo? Um, so for me, and I uh, addressed this on the Newcastle Review pod towards the end of the season, it was being there in the crowd when Alphonse Ariola was not awarded, but it was announced that he'd won the player of the season. And I, I said at the time, it was it was an emotional thing because, you know, he got all season. The only time he'd ever been in front of Fulham fans was that one Liverpool game. And it just would have been incredibly sad if, you know, that moment hadn't been there for him to thank 
you know, for him to thank and to be appreciated and for the fans to thank him for all the effort that he's done all that season. You could tell just looking by him, he was a little bit sort of a little bit um, uneasy with it because, you know, it's a goalkeeper for a team who's finished 19th. He's getting, he's getting an award, or 18th or wherever he finished. He's getting an award for player of the season when he's conceded all these goals. But it was just incredible to be there, to see it, to, to after all the effort that he has put in, because he was a great player, for him to be able to be appreciated I just, I just think it was fantastic. Lovely stuff. All right, mate. Uh, Will, what have you gone for, mate? Yeah, I've gone for the uh, Liverpool at home and sort of similar to Baldwin's, I guess. They, it was just one of the games that um, you could have been at. I was there and a good performance as well uh, during it. And I think everyone was just getting behind the team at that point. I know, obviously, you can't get behind the team with the season they've had all the time, but... When when we were playing well like that, even if we weren't getting every result, um, it, it was good to, yeah, it was just good to be there when we were putting in good performances, really. And uh, I was just going to say, with the uh, saying the moment of the season is kick off against Arsenal, I definitely could not put that because I was sitting next to Baldwin uh, at the time, so <laughs> definitely would have been a bad choice. Yeah, no, absolutely right, absolutely right. Yeah, you guys went to the pub and watched it, didn't you? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that Liverpool game. You uh, you were sat a couple of seats in front of me, Will, weren't you, randomly? And uh, I don't know if you were still there at the time, but because we were we were told to stay in our seats at the end of the game, um, Jamie Carragher walked from the uh, the gantry right in front of the Hammersmith end at the end of the game, and he was getting all sorts of stick as he walked past, and he just walked past and took it. But but yeah, it's a, it's a shame we couldn't prove him wrong in the end. Um, Morgs, what have you gone for, mate? I have gone for the albeit false sense of hope that we had after the Liverpool away game. I think everyone was kind of, you know, massively boosted by that result. It, you know, although Liverpool's season had, you know, gone pretty bad up to that point. I think it was just, we believed that we could do it then. We were on a roll. We were playing half-decent football. Uh, we were getting We were getting wins. And I think, you know, there was a massive high. But obviously, after that, we, what do we get? Like a couple of points or something. Two points. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it, it's, it was a massive fall. But that particular moment, it was like, yes, this, this is going to be, this season is going to be proving everyone wrong and we're going to be fine. So that felt good <laughs> for a bit. Very briefly, yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. All right, well, that leads perfectly into the next category then, which is most disappointing moment of the season. And I'll do mine really quickly because it's very similar to what you've just said. And that was not kicking on after after winning at Liverpool. Exactly the same, really. Um, it was the last win of the season with 10 matches to go. We put ourselves within touching distance of uh, of safety. And then we just got two points and scored five goals thereafter. So, absolute. Shit show, really. Um, Baldo, what did you go for, mate? Um, so I've gone for losing to Hounslow Town in the Cup. Uh, purely because after all the summer that... You know, no, some of it comes back on us, but after all the summer that we gave them and all the stick we managed, we managed to give them, you know, there's that there's that account somewhere, how many days since Brentford have been in the top flight along those lines. After, after all that and all the joy that the... Uh, Joe Bryan game and everything to then just come crashing down to earth. I know we didn't really take the take the League Cup seriously because 
John Michel Seri was playing. So that shows you how much attention we were putting towards it. Um, but it was just, it, it just, you know, the first West London derby in their new stadium, and the fact they've now got that to sort of Lord Everage was just depressing on every on every avenue because we didn't look as if we wanted to play anything, and we put in just a terrible performance on top of it. It just summed just summed up everything. And if we're being honest, as painful as it is to say, the golfing quality between the two teams, and not in a good way for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That being said. The fact that their first season in their new stadium was played in front of no fans at all just showed how shit their stadium looks with all those multicoloured seats every game. So next season, obviously, they'll have people there, won't they? But um, And they went and got fucking promoted, didn't they, the bastards? But good luck to them. Yeah. All right. Um, who's next? Um, let's go, Matt Dom. Yeah, for me, it's the fact that Jamie fucking Carragher, Chris Sutton... Paddy Power were right all along. You know, many times a season, I, when we were starting to improve, I was saying to you guys, all I want is the end of the season podcast to hear J-Max dulcet tones reading out all the stupid things, all the stupid pundits, all the stupid fans on Twitter were saying about us all season. But no, they were right. Jamie Carragher and Chris Sutton were with the down after two games. Paddy Power fucking paid out on it after two games they were right they were fucking right and it's just irritating because we weren't even close in the end yeah not much more you can say about it really uh all right morgs what did you go for um i've gone for the lack of signing a striker until the very last seconds of the transfer window and that striker being josh madger uh and you know nothing against josh madger he you know, he's young, He's he had a good move to Bordeaux, but he hardly played this season. He certainly hardly scored. And where he gets brought in in order to save a season, where we've known we needed a striker since Mitro went off the boil, um, since Parker changed the system that didn't suit him. And somehow, in the whole world of strikers, Josh Madger was the one seen as the saviour. And the stupid little interview that Tony Khan did afterwards, where he said, you know, we've been keeping tabs on him ever since he left the club. It's like, well, if you thought he was that good that you needed to keep tabs on him, why the hell did you let him leave in the first place? <laughs> um, it's like you don't keep tabs on a player that you thought was shit enough to get rid of. You know, and it's, it, oh, it just, it just annoys me because, you know, sure, there may not have been many options out there, but at the same time, you try and find someone who, you know, you work with Parker um, to find out what would suit his system and go from there. But, you know, Madger tried. He got his two goals from six inches against Everton. And, you know, after that, he did very little. So, you know, he gave it a shot, but uh, it wasn't good enough. Very true. Very true. Um, all right, let's go to J-Mac. Um, J-Mac, most disappointing moment of the season. It's, I mean, easily it's got to be Aston Villa, really, just how we capitulated. We took the lead in the 61st minute um, with Mitrovic after he just had a blinder for Serbia in the international break. You thought, oh, this is it. He's back. We're back. This is going to be good. 
and you think, you know, maybe the Scott Parker magic's back. If we take the lead early, we'll see it out. And we, we just didn't. Trezeguet scored a brace and then just to see all off, ex-Brentford, Ollie Watkins killed us. And I think that's just when all the players dropped. You didn't see anything from Anderson's Instagram again, saying how we're coming for them and all this kind of thing. It was, yeah, just for, them, for me, and I think for a lot of people, that was just the moment of just pure agony. Yeah, it really was. It, it felt like it was over then, didn't it? Yeah. Um, Will, final one for this round. Most disappointing moment of the season, mate. Yeah, I've gone for uh, the Arsenal draw. I mean, just I feel like that point was where the hope was really starting to run out. And um, obviously Arsenal scoring so late on is just gutting, really. Um and also, I'm pretty sure that was the the game where Collins John gave his little motivational speech. Uh, and clearly, uh, the Fulham team needs to be taking a bit more notice of the Fulham Focus pod, but each their own, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I remember I was uh, listening to that in a pub because I was with my family and I uh, it was like boiling. I had my hood up because I had my AirPod in and uh, it was just terrible. What was it, like 97th minute? I mean, yeah, it it doesn't sum up our season, but like it just shows how our heads dropped and, and everything like that, really. Oh, AirPods. Right, next one. <laughs> well, I was, was just going to say, I think it's funny, or sort of like, or pretty appropriate, actually, that no one's most disappointing uh, moment of the season was the moment we got relegated. Because everything else was just so shit that relegation didn't actually seem that bad around it. <laughs> if anyone's oh, for, that, for that point, they're an idiot, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were numb to it by that point, weren't we? It was, it was in fact, been... that was my number two on uh, best yeah. moment of the season. <laughs> I just, I just got so sick of fighting with Matt Dom on the WhatsApp group. I just caved in. It's like, yeah, we're down. Whatever. It's just done it. <laughs> All right, next category: best goal scored against us. Let's go to Baldo for the correct answer to begin with. Yeah, so I've gone for Edison Cavani, um, the one at Old Trafford. Um, I don't know if some of it is because the fact that again there was a crowd that you could you know, could properly react to it because the the technology that Sky and BT and BBC have had all season there's been some problems but the fact that it was being able to celebrate it it was allowed to be celebrated by actual fans just sort of added to the occasion a bit but did, just on the goal itself. Well, other people, <laughs> when there's a goal, when there's a goal like that, I wouldn't blame anyone. I stood and applauded David Louise's the Chelsea one a couple of years ago, just because of how great it was. Um, so whenever there's a yeah, great goal, you, again, okay. you are a nod. You're a nod. That's like... you, can't, you can't. If you can't appreciate a bit of individual brilliance like that, then there is something wrong with you. Yeah, but I'm appreciate it in your own home. Don't appreciate it at the stadium. Don't, don't ask him what he appreciates in his own home. Let's, <laughs> let's move on fast. Let's move on quickly. Um, plus, that goal was offside anyway, but it was a hell of a strike. <laughs> Hell of a strike. Yeah, I said it was onside and it's fine by me. Oh, fuck off. All right, um, let's go for another Manchester United one then, Matt Dom. Uh, yeah, in the, in the reverse fixture, um, Paul Pogba's winner, cutting from the cutting from the right up against some absolutely superb pressing from our lads. Uh, we, we'll, <laughs> ignore, we'll ignore that. No one within 10 yards of him, but still a great finish into the top corner with his, uh, with his weaker foot, wasn't it? Um, lovely hit. Very annoying because we we we'd gone ahead there, hadn't we? Um, we have, but yeah. Um, but yeah, props to him. That's a fantastic hit. Yeah. All right, mate. Let's go to J Mac next. Best goal scored against us. 
just I really like Helder Costa's goal against us um, when Leeds beat us four three. I thought that was fantastic. It really reminded me of the one of the goals we conceded in the when eighteen nineteen against Crystal Palace. Just a really nice tight angle, good technique. I always feel like if I'm trying to sound like I know what I'm talking about, just say good technique and you'll be fine. So yeah, really good technique, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I I enjoyed it. Yeah, so I'm going to go love, with Costa for that one. <laughs> I love 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 the fact that you've just said. Really reminded me of this other goal that we conceded last time we were in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> I like love that one. Po- <laughs> yeah, like it's a positive memory. It's like oh yeah, we we were shit in another game as well. Let me let me remind <laughs> you of that. Gordon yeah. was on his feet. Yeah. <laughs> Cartwheeling around his bedroom. <laughs> can I just say, can I just say, if J Mac ever wants to sound like he sounds like he knows something, just wait until he says double pivot in his accent. It sounds incredible. Yeah. He's the next Gabby Cotty in that sense. <laughs> There'll that be lots of that said, next season. I think I have Rio Ferdinand refer to a double pivot during the England game on Sunday. Don't know if anybody else said that, but. Yeah, yeah, must be. If Rio Ferdinand said it, then must be a real thing. All right, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Morgs, what did you go for, mate? Uh, I forgot what the topic is. Oh yeah, goals against. Um, <laughs> I uh, I've gone back to the early days of our um, suffering and gone with the third goal that Arsenal scored on the opening day of the season. Uh, Counter attack, starting from the edge of their own box. Uh, Michael Hector falling over one of their players in the halfway line, uh, William um, rushing towards a terrified-looking uh, Tim Ream and Dennis Adoy, and Aubameyang getting it on kind of the edge of the box and putting it into the opposite top corner. Uh, it was a beautiful goal. The If you ignore the fact that our defence uh, did not want to be there, then it's, uh, yeah, it's a thing of absolute beauty. If you had some competent defenders up against it, might have been a bit different. Um, but we'll leave, you know, that's, that's not the Fulham way. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, I thought that was an absolute cracker. Lovely stuff. I've gone for Harry Kane in the uh, the match away at Spurs. Um, lovely crossing from Region, is that his name? And bent it round our defenders and then diving header from him at the back post. But I think there was there was a lot more build-up. It was a, it was a really good move from Spurs. Um, and then, of course, um, we really rubbed the salt in the wounds when uh, when even Caviero got the equaliser quite near the end and we came away with a point. And, of course, that was the game that was uh, rescheduled after it was called off because um, because of COVID, because our, our team had too many people suffering with COVID after Christmas. And Jose Mourinho had a good old bitch and moan about it on Instagram as well, the fact that it was called off so late. Get over it, Jose. You got sacked anyway, so who gives a shit? Right, Will. Yeah, I've gone for the uh, Chris Woods like edge of the box folly uh, most recent Burnley fixture. I think we played them three times this season. So yeah, the, the latest one. Um, uh, and when Chris Woods scoring goals against you like that, I mean, you just know you're in trouble, really. Uh, it, it was just a great finish. Uh, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Very technical, all of that good stuff. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think it was top corner edge of the box volley, really. You don't really get much better. And and yeah, fair play. Right, guys, next category, best signing. I went with uh, Jockey Anderson. Pretty decent season from the guy that stepped in on loan and um, became our captain, essentially, for the season. Had a really good season. Kind of tallied off towards the end a little bit, but really solid centre-half and... Good luck to him. I hope he gets a, a decent move in the summer. 
Um, right, what's everyone else gone for? Let's come to you first, J Mac. Quite a simple one, really. I went for Harrison Reed. I mean, I know we actually had him on loan last season, but turning that into a permanent was incredible business for us. And I think for next season, if we can hold on to him for at least one more season, he'll be huge for us, definitely. Um, yeah, really important player for us. I think potentially future captain for us, if that can lure him to stay a bit longer. But yeah, Harrison Reed, undoubtedly. I don't think he ever had a bad game. He was injured uh, quite a few times, but I thought he was always brilliant every game he played, to be honest. So yeah, Mr. Reed. Super consistent, isn't he? Which, you know, yeah. if, if half the other players that we had were as consistent as he was, then we might have had more of a chance of staying up in the end. So, yeah, I think that's a really good shout. But they were, I was, was going to say... Consistent, consistently shit. True. But I would, I would say, actually, in the same way that we kept uh, Kearney pretty much by offering him the captaincy, I reckon if that was something that kept Harrison Reed at the club from the next season, that they, they should do it. Because I think he's that important to uh well to the defense and the midfield no, i oh, think we yeah. need to even build the team around him almost yeah there's no, i mean there's there's a reason why leeds are allegedly uh, sniffing around him at the moment because you know he's just a fantastic player and he, he's young and he's english there's a lot of definitely a lot of potential there. I hope he if stays. you could just if you could just work on his creativity a bit more i know he does a job as a defensive midfielder and he's good at tackling the ball and playing short passes but if you could get him to drive forward a bit more and yeah. chip in with a couple of goals, then, I mean, he'd leave straight away because the, the big clubs would come sniffing around him. But if we could get a season out of him in the Championship doing that, then some somebody from midfield has got to, has got to start scoring some goals. Bottom line. And, you know, Have. we don't want to... Yeah, sure. Um, we, we, we're, we're look, we'll look ahead to next season at, at another time. But that's, that's probably the only thing that's missing from his game. What he does, he does superbly well. And I think he's better than Anguissa and he's better than um, than Lamina at doing what he did. He was, our, he was definitely our best midfielder last season, for sure. Um, yeah, Baldo, your turn, mate. Best signing. Um, so in a, similar, in a similar vein to J-Mac, um, this does come with the proviso that we managed to keep hold of him because there are a lot of teams that are probably interested but I've gone for uh, I've gone for Tosin because I think he's I I think there is potential there to be a very good center a championship defender there you know he had a, a decent season in the pro in the championship with Blackburn now he's got oh it wasn't a great season but a year of Premier League football under his belt if he can take that and move that into the championship I think there is I think there is a decent Championship defender there, you know, not quite in the same of how great Tim Ream and Dennis Adoy were, you know, in comparison in the season we got promoted the first time round, but certainly someone solid to build defence around there. So I've gone for Tosin. Yeah, fair play, fair play. All right, Morgs. Um, well, when I was kind of left with it, I was I was the last one to put a player down, I think. Um, so I was kind of racking my brains to think who really sort of did a job season and um i've gone with uh kenny tete and that's more based on the fact that obviously he was signed permanently and hopefully that is the case because i think next season if we can keep him i think he'll be a really important part of the team and i think he'll be a fantastic right back in the championship um he showed early on that he's definitely got a cross on him uh he's got decent work rate and i think yeah, if we could, again, a bit like Harrison Reed and Tosin, if we can get them to stay, uh, almost like Norwich did with their players, and say, look, you get one, <clears throat> just give us one season to get up. Um, I think he will, uh, yeah, he'll be integral to it. 
I think someone quite... I think someone said on the pod on on the chat that he could be as good as Ryan Fredericks was for us in that promotion season. I can't remember who yeah. it was, but I think there is there is the potential for him to do exactly that. Yeah, oh, certainly no reason why he can't. I think he's a, he's a very good right back. Tete's better than Fredericks, isn't he? Well, he's not as quick, obviously, but he's still Fred- he's quick enough. Fredericks was only quick; he wasn't a good defender. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, whereas yeah, Tete right. is a good defender. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, no, he is a better player. But obviously, um, that was uh, a different style of football as well. So I mean, God knows what fucking style we're going to be playing next season. But you know, hopefully, it'll be all right. I think I, I think I think I prefer Fredericks to be honest. Do you? Not now, you wouldn't. Yeah. Fre- Fredericks doing pretty well for a. a- a, a club that's just got into Europe in the Premier League at the moment, isn't he? I mean, like, I don't think he's... Uh, for, for his attacking threat alone, I think we got more points last season with that pace down the down the right wing than than we, we did. But, you know, in that, in that season in the Championship, we went up. He was excellent. Absolutely excellent. Well, we'll see next season. I hope he stays. I really hope he does because... He, uh, he seems like a Fulham type of player as well. I don't know really what yeah. I mean by that, but he just he seems like quite a level-headed, normal guy, doesn't he? And it'd be nice nice to see you know him have a a proper proper good season uh, uninterrupted. As just to add to, to that, it, it makes also no sense. I mean, if if we're going to rely on, uh, we we shouldn't even be comparing them because you know we're not going to have the same type of fullbacks next season. Under Scott Parker, there's no overlapping at the whatsoever, so it's just going to be. You're never going to get the same sort of package deal that you got with Ryan Fredericks, even if you oh, try hey, to. Are you, are you admitting that Scott Parker's going to stay at the club? Then I might do. You, yeah, we've got anyone listening. We got we got a fiver on basic bet. I'm hoping I, I mean, this can't even buy you a pint at the moment, really. But I mean, it's, yeah, I'm hoping, I'm praying that I can just get at least. Half a pint or something, just so. Okay. <laughs> All right, mate. all right, right. Will, go on your turn, mate. Who's the best best signing of the season for Fulham? Yeah, so uh, I, I was deciding between two Frenchmen. It was either uh, Knockart, who we signed for ten mil and played about <laughs> two games, or Ariola, who played I think thirty seven out of thirty eight of the Prem games. Um, Ariola does just edge it, but. <laughs> and he just uh, yeah I mean look he, he was he was great for us I know we don't have him next season yeah yeah I know we don't have him next season but he was for us and I really like I thought he was just quite nice as well in the interviews he did he always said that he hopes Fulham does well and I know he did also speak about himself a bit saying he wants to get into the Euro squad I mean that didn't go well anyway but um, yeah he was a great player and only helped our chances of survival really did Knockout get into the French squad for the Euros. No, that's right. He didn't even get into the Nottingham Forest team. That's right, yeah. Good to have him back next season, though, lads, eh? Can't wait. Can't wait. I've seen right, he's, uh, he's he's on the beach at the moment, so he's, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's getting ready for it. He's, uh, yeah. you know, relaxing right. enough. Good like he doesn't pitch. Good, yeah, good to know. Uh, right, last one. Matt Dom, signing of the season. Yeah, so obviously we had, um, well, most of our signings were loan signings, weren't they? So it's no surprise I've picked, I've picked a loan as my uh, signing of the season. Um, but it's Abu Kamara's loan, <laughs> loan out of the club, um, which obviously was a oh, great I deal. I should have gone for that. That's brilliant. <laughs> obviously, oh, it was a great, great deal for us, but but not so much for them because they, <laughs> they ended up getting relegated by even more points than we did. Um, Scored a beautiful so, goal for Dijon in his final game for them. What are you talking about? <laughs> like... And he scored for uh, the mighty Mauritania as well, didn't he? 
Absolute oh, he, is, he is the national hero now. He's the greatest thing <laughs> happened to Mauritania since um, legalised AK-47s, I think. Oh, actually, he is legalised AK-47, just about. They've even made a film about him on Amazon, haven't they, the Mauritanian? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, gets, he gets interrogated by uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, um, asking how he's faked being a footballer for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Fulham legend, Fulham legend. All right. Um, next category. I just want a one-word answer for this one because um, we we need to move on. So next category is best away win, and I think we've probably covered most of these already. Anyway, um, I'm going with Leicester. J Mac uh, going Liverpool, but it could also be the worst because that's when we start believing our own hope. Yeah, Liverpool. That's a great one-word answer, mate. Thanks. Um, Baldo. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Baldo. Everton for breaking the away day. Who do? All right. Um, Matt Don. Everton. And Morgs. QPR in the FA Cup. I've run out of other ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Will. Is there any more? Uh, uh, Ipswich. <laughs> <laughs> what a win that was. Unforgettable. Unforgettable. All right, then. Uh, let's come on to um, the one we've all been waiting for. Best home win. Best home win. And I'm, as the host, I'm getting in there quick and saying West Brom. Good luck, lads. Right. Um, J-Mac? Pass. Pass. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? Just, exactly. Who, who, gives a, who gives a flying? You know what I mean? No. Yeah. All right, then. Fair enough. No award given out for J-Mac. And in many ways, I feel like that's very apt because at home, we were absolutely diabolical, embarrassing this season. Baldo? Chelsea, admittedly, this did come on Football Manager, but I'll take it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Matt Dom? Uh, Leeds, uh, their home win against us, um, (laughs) because it was a pretty good game of football, all things considered. It was. It was end-to-end stuff. Four goals conceded for us, though. Uh, Morgs, what you gone for, mate? Uh, I've gone for Fulham 4, Aston Villa 1 in the uh, under-23s, because, well... It's always nice to beat Villa. And uh, Jasper, Cavallo, Francois, they all score. And, you know, these are players that we can look forward to releasing one day and then keeping tabs on maybe <laughs> signing for a huge chunk in the future. So looking forward to that. It's <laughs> a really good point. You're listening, Tony. Um, right. Um, <laughs> What's coming up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. We might be hearing a little bit about Tony in a little while. All right. Um, um, Will, what did you go for, mate? Uh, I've gone for Sheffield Wednesday uh, in the cup, and we had Stephanie Hansen in midfield, so I feel like uh, that's that's the reason why. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, right. Um, let's go for the next category, which we have called idiot of the season, just to make it a bit more family friendly. But you probably all know what we mean by idiot when we say idiot. The word we are referring to. Um, I have gone for Adamola Lutman for that fucking penalty against West Ham. I've got a mark on my wall behind me from where my phone flew across the uh, the room when he did that. I just could not believe it. We just conceded a last-minute goal against West Ham. Looked like we were going to lose. I think Kearney was fouled in the box. It went to VAR. Long old review. Penalties given. Upsets Lookman. And it's just the worst Penenka you'll ever see in your life. Just the crappiest penalty I've ever seen. Never seen anything like it. So he takes idiot of the season for me. I'm going to come to J-Mac next. 
Cavallero every single game for me. I know I've given Ruben Loftus cheek. I've given Ruben Loftus cheek a lot of stick this season, but I feel like Cavallero. I've just it's not his fault he was picked as centre forward, but some of the decision making, nearly all the decision making, was just terrible. It's almost like some sort of Abubakar Kamara voodoo happened, and just he sort of possessed him slightly for the, the second <laughs> half of the season. It was a, it was. I mean, like you know, it wasn't. It was really, really just awful watching him sometimes just late part like terrible passing terrible shooting just missing an open goal just yeah i, I don't i don't want to be personal but yeah a fucking fucking idiot <laughs> <laughs> don't want to be personal it's the <laughs> idiot of the season round yeah <laughs> don't, don't want to be personal yeah i think you i think you got away with that one mate i don't think anyone will notice that one done. uh morgs idiot of the season uh i've gone with our uh overlord director of football tony khan for his appearances on Twitter, but mainly for his persona in his little wrestling thing. Um, those promos that he records, my God. <laughs> That's just, uh, a, he can't read an auto cue. Uh, B, he can't act for shit. Um, and C, he's called himself the forbidden door. I mean, you're a grown man for fuck's sake. You're calling yourself a door. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even a good name. You know, it's, the, you the just trap come up with this for, the, the forbidden door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the forbidden, forbidden door is actually 17th place. I can't go through that. <laughs> yeah. the, forbidden door, the, the forbidden door is something you get when it's your birthday, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, honey. <laughs> Moving on, moving on. All right, Will. Will, what are you going for, mate? Uh, I've gone for Shahid Khan for keeping his son as director of football from the start, really. Um, yeah, that's about it. Can we just say, think... Shahid Khan gets off scot-free all the time. I was Doesn't just about yeah, to I say mean, that, yeah. Yeah, the thing is, it's just, a, I guess it's with the amount of money he has invested, which yeah. obviously is brilliant. But I mean, how stupid can you be to give 100 mil to even if it's your son, someone who knows nothing about football. Yeah, but he doesn't know. Especially if it's your son. He gets yeah. off scot-free and really, let's be honest, he's an absent owner. Uh, all right, yeah, he, he bankrolls us, but to, does he really? Because we get the, we get the money from, um, from, from the Premier League when, or, or from the TV companies when we get promoted, which we've done a couple of times under his ownership. Um, all right, he's put the Riverside stand in, which looks absolutely magnificent. But keep us in the Premier League. And the business decisions you're making are costing us. They've cost us three times now. Under our fired, we never got relegated. Under you, relegated three times. You do the maths, mate. Um, it's, and... it's a weird one. I mean, first and foremost, he is a businessman. And that's what yeah. he's done. He's bought, a, he's bought an investment. Um, he's put what he thought was the right team in place to look after it. And I guess right now it's not hemorrhaging cash because of the payments you get. Um, but at the same time, it's like, he, you know, every billionaire makes the odd weird business decision. Nothing, nothing's always a winner. Uh, but you've got to think he, he should be looking at that. And regardless of his knowledge of football, to go, well, something's definitely not working. How do we fix it? I think yeah. a huge problem as well is to, to to this very day. I mean, Shahid Khan and Tony Khan haven't actually said what their plans and ambitions are for the mm-hmm. club. I mean, they said sustainability, but still, they haven't actually said. They've never really been asked a question, nor would they put themselves in this position because Tony Khan rigs their interview like no one else. 
But you know, they've never actually said what they want the club to be, where they want the club to be in the next ten years. What they what club they'd like to aspire to. If they'd like to win a trophy, it's all very. I, I don't know. There's just not enough. I don't really know what they want, and I, I can see that this. You know, the stand looks amazing, and and like the infrastructure and the academy's very good. It's like grade one or whatever. But yeah, there's just. I'd love to know what they want, where they want Fulham to be in ten years' time. That's that's what I'd like to know. To be honest, all of us would. I think I think Shad is just being smart, right? If you're a billionaire businessman, you don't want to put your son in. You don't want him involved. If he's like Tony Khan, you don't want him involved in the businesses that are actually doing well and making money, right? Give him, give him a project, <laughs> give him a toy to play with. That's, that's what it is, right? Get him to do some painting in the corner while the big, while the adults are yeah, doing stuff paint, in the, uh, paint, on yeah. the nice, paint on the nice new stand. <laughs> give him a hotel oh, yeah. to play with, and he's got a swimming pool he can go and play in exactly when he's over here go. as well. Yeah. Thing is, as well, the the update that he gave the other day. Um, his statement that he put out was just a couple of paragraphs that said absolutely nothing. You know, I, 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 when... I think that's a holding statement. That's just something just to keep tied things over until the real end of season statement or the beginning of next season statement. Um, mm. Because I think I, I think there is stuff going on behind the scenes at the moment. I think obviously there's the whole Parker Bournemouth thing, if that's actually happening. But there's going to be there will be stuff happening. And I think the silence is very much because there is nothing to update on at the moment. But once there is, then I hope they'll come out with a proper statement. I can taste right. that pint already. I can taste it. The five quid. <laughs> <laughs> just got just got a little smell of it. Then just a little. Well, if it, if it's going to be in London, mate, then it's probably going to be three quarters of a pint for a fiver. Let's be honest. All right, let's let's Good get back. <laughs> let's get back to the category idiot of the season. Who hasn't been yet? Uh, I think we're still waiting for Matt Dom. Yeah, uh, for me, it's um, it's Mitrovic. Um, so, I mean, he's had an awful season. That's not why he's idiot this season. He's, he hasn't been playing. He's been missing penalties for his country. He's been missing penalties for his club. Um, things are not going well at the, at the club. Um, he doesn't get on with Scott Parker for whatever reason. In the middle of all that, he goes and has a lockdown party with his mate from Crystal Palace, Luka Mil- Milivojevic. And you know, Luke, Luca's wife shared it on Instagram. I think it was. What you what are you doing in the middle of the season doing that when when already things are you know, we're, we're really up against it. I, I I love absolutely love Mitro, but you fucking bellend. That's, yeah, no, completely what, what fair point. move, right? Yeah, stupid, stupid. Given, I mean, stupid to do it anyway, but stupid given the circumstances. I thought it was quite uh, sweet how his kids were wearing Fulham shirts, though. It's almost like he sort of planned that in case he was caught. So, well, yeah, but look, my children in these left. I mean, <laughs> look all the merchandise they buy. Properly, J Mac. Oh, all right, yeah, it could be. Oh, shut up! Some up with you, or if you can't do a Serbian accent. Ooh. All right, Baldo, idiot of the season. Oh, no, sorry, so that, is... so, no, sorry, mate. That was that was. <laughs> 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 I'm pretty sure you made the same joke last season. Probably. Um, yeah. And it was funny yeah. then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, so mine is also Mitro related and it, it comes back, it's it's Scott Parker and the, the beef that he had with Mitrovic. You know, if you want to put some of it down to, you know, him being out of out of uh touch or what have you after his miss for Serbia, you know, not in the right place mentally. 
fine. I can get that. If you want to put something down to him with the COVID thing and being out, fine. But the way that he was allowed to be out of the squad for vast parts of the season was just quite frankly was quite frankly unforgivable. You know, we saw it in the brief games that he played for us. You know, he came off the bench against I think I want to say Brighton, and he put himself about. He won a couple of free kicks. He saw what we could do. He came, he played against Villa, and even though it wasn't exactly a goal of his own making, it was given away by Tyrone Mings. He scored a goal. We know what he can do. And for him to have been out of the squad for the amount of time that he was out, it, it has to come down to Scott Parker, and that's why Scott Parker gets it for idiot of the season for keeping Mitrovic, you know, our main goal threat, out of the team. Yeah, no fair point. Fair enough, mate. Okay. Uh, next category is VAR. You're having a laugh. So I'm going to come to you first, J-Mac, for VAR. You're having a laugh. Uh, it's got to be the, the dive, the Callum Wilson dive that just wasn't picked up. I mean, not the best game of football, but we would have won that game. And if, if for that, if it wasn't for that fucking decision, if VAR was used correctly, um, and who knows, that win could have created maybe a couple more. We probably still would have been down, but just it was absolutely ridiculous just how far he was from the actual penalty area and the way he fell. So, yeah, for me, that's Callum Wilson. You're you're a dick. All right. Uh, Matt Dom? Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys know my thoughts on VAR. Pretty much every decision was rubbish, right? Even the even the extremely marginal ones that, that went in our favour towards the end of the season. No one wants to see that shit. Hmm. Um, but I think one shining light in all of this was... Um, when they when they refused to overturn Kamara's red card against Crystal Palace, <laughs> raking down the back of Eze's legs, and um, the, 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 the I heard that the VAR looked at it and they thought, you know, this this silly prick has got two left feet. Let's do Fulham a favour and <laughs> keep him off the pitch the rest of the game. They might have a chance, you know. For a player who left in January, I, I understand it's, it's weird he gets two mentions in the end of the season podcast, but. <laughs> He does live rent free in my head, that's for sure. He's, he's, he's getting more on this podcast than he's getting on the Dijon one, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely is. I'm just having a look to see if we're going to mention him anymore, actually. Possibly will, not sure. Um, all right, next, uh, Morgs, what have you gone for? VAR, you're having a laugh. Um, well, I put down Anthony Robinson's uh, red card against Chelsea. Um, I know that the referee gave him the red straight off, uh, yeah, straight up. Uh, but then you kind of watch it, and it was a, it was a full blooded tackle. And but he it wasn't it wasn't like he was massively high off the ground. He was clearly going for the ball. It was in with one foot, um, and uh, VAR didn't overturn it. But I think I might have been grasping at straws a bit because it wasn't. It was a pretty uh, reckless challenge, I guess. Um, but I couldn't I couldn't really think of. Um, yeah, I couldn't really think of too many times that they got it wrong, as opposed to it just being a bit fucking annoying. Um, I'd be glad when it's gone. But yeah, it's uh, mm. yeah, that's the only one I could come up with, really. I feel like it's here to stay, mate. Will, what have you gone for? I meant because we're in the championship. <laughs> we just, oh, no, yeah. no, yeah. And Fair we don't have to worry about it. Good point. Uh, I, I've gone for the penalty that wasn't given for us, um, for Liverpool at home. Uh I mean, uh, I think it was. I think it was Fabinho went sliding in on Cav, um, and he just hit his foot like way before the ball. And and I mean, if you do a VAR, you expect it to get it right. I mean, I, I'm with Dom, and I mean most other people apart from Baldwin, really, in the fact that VAR is stupid and a waste of time. Um, but it, 
if it is there, surely it's got to get stuff right. If not, just don't have it. I mean, yeah, I don't get it. But yeah, that's that's mine, really. Of course, that was the first time we got to see it live in action in the stadium as well. Kind of yeah, having been yeah. used, to, used to sitting at home watching it and then being in the stadium. Oh, it's gone to VAR. Got my phone out and see what you guys were all saying about it on, on the WhatsApp chat. Oh, definite penalty, definite penalty. Here we go. 2-0, lads, come on. Although, mind you, it was a full and penalty, which was never a, 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 a sealed deal, was it, this season anyway? Um, but yeah, then it just wasn't given. And having seen it afterwards when I got home, I, I thought it was a penalty. So there we go. All right. Um, who hasn't been yet? I haven't been. I went for um, Josh Madge's equaliser against Spurs at the cottage um, when Mario Lamina got done for handball when it was booted at his hand from point blank range. And then the rule was changed the next day. So cost us a point, which with hindsight wouldn't have meant a lot with uh, in the grand scheme of things anyway. But at the time it would have, you know, it would have felt like we were still still in with a chance of staying up. Um, but it was just, it was ludicrous, wasn't it? That, uh, you know, Lamina's hands were down by his side. The ball was kicked at his hands and, and then it kind of ricocheted and Madger equalised with a really good finish. Should never have been yeah. disallowed. That That sort of decision just ruins the game, doesn't it? It's a shame as well because, I mean, you know, Maggio wasn't good enough for us and, you know, he, he wasn't the signing we really needed. But, I mean, he, I mean, if that had stood, he would have scored, I mean, obviously not enough goals in total, but he would have scored two goals against Everton, a goal against Spurs and a goal, albeit a penalty against Arsenal. I mean, you know, it's the yeah. sort of strike you want in big games. It's a shame. It is a shame. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and then Baldo, VAR, you're having a laugh. I should make a note at this point. I'm answering this question under protest because I wanted to say that I that there was no problem with VAR, but Frenchie threatened me with torture if I didn't answer this question properly. So I have to give an answer, and for that reason, I shall give the VAR that gave us the um, Adamo Lookman again uh, penalty against West Ham because it gave us a moment. I mean, admittedly, it was a terrible moment, but when we look back on this season, one of the things we're going to look back on is the Adam Oda-Lukma penalty. You know, in five years' time, we're going to look back at it and we're going to say, oh my God, what a dick he was. And we're going to, and we're going to laugh at it and we're going to laugh at the story of Frenchie throwing his phone against the wall and breaking the wall. So it gave us a moment, even if it was in a sort of roundabout way. So I'm going to go for that as the VAR moment of the season because VAR did its job in that sense. Fair enough, mate. I think the uh, the debate of whether or not VAR is good or not is, again, for another day. Um, but it's certainly a debate, that's for sure. All right, we've got three left. Um, the next one is the best Scott Parker outfit of the season. It certainly wasn't Fulham. Um, so I'm going to pick his outfit that he wore against Liverpool, that lovely little cream jacket, little number. Um, and I thought, oh, you know, I really like that. I, I, I could wear that myself. Had a look and it was about 800 quid. So definitely not unless someone wants to buy it for me. Um, so let's go with, um, let's go to Dom. What did you think of Scott Parker's fashion choices this season, mate? Any favourite? He gets paid too much if he's wearing an 800 quid jacket, doesn't he? <laughs> I, my, um, do you know what? I couldn't be bothered to go and go and look at them all. Um Let's face it, they're all shit. I, I think that's fair <laughs> enough, to be honest, isn't it? <laughs> I'll, I, I couldn't, all right, I'll, I'll rephrase that. Every jacket. <laughs> I'll rephrase that. I couldn't be bothered to go look at one of them. <laughs> um, they're, all, they're, all, they're all crap. Um, I mean, I've, I've got nothing wrong with a manager looking the part, right? But it's just a tiny part 
of what it what it means to be a manager. I think prove yourself as a manager first, then you look cool, right? Get your get your priorities in order. Stop stop looking like an idiot when you've got relegated by eleven points wearing wearing all sorts of different colour jackets. You you knob. It's actually a perfect metaphor for Scott Parker, arguably. I mean, maybe it's just, you know, he's all he's all style and no substance, maybe. But I mean, that's probably a bit harsh. But you look at yeah, style managers, is subjective though, isn't it? Well, you look at managers <laughs> like Tuchel and like, you know, he just he just wears a fucking tracksuit and for the uh, the just Champions a fucking League job final, done, though, doesn't he? The, well, the best he could do in the Champions League final, he just wore, you know, just wore a gile, and it was just that wasn't yeah. only what he wore, but you know, it was just <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> so, just saying, it's that you know, sometimes yeah, and yeah, just judge him love. Scott. The old Germany coach, he's, uh, he's worn a turtleneck. He's worn the same turtleneck for 15 years, whatever it is. And yeah, he, he, he sniffs his balls on the touchline. Yeah. He still gets away with it. You know, it doesn't matter. Digressing slightly, but does anyone remember, speaking of uh, Joachim Love, that clip from him at the World Cup when he put his hands down his trousers yeah. and sniffed <laughs> his fingers? Give it a sniff. <laughs> yeah. that's, the only, that's the only thing I can remember. When I think I'll, I'll, I'll say it again, though. He's, he's proven himself. He can do what he likes. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty, you, you wait until you wait until you win a World Cup before you can do that. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, absolutely fair enough. All right, Morgs. Uh, Scott Parker's best outfit for you this season, mate. Uh, I've gone with uh, his uh, rose tinted specs. Um, simply, he, you know, I know he didn't want to call out his players uh, on TV or in interviews or whatever, um, but somehow they always gave him exactly what he'd asked for. Uh, which he clearly was asking for the wrong thing, um, and you know whatever he uh, <laughs> whatever it was that um, he managed to see past the fact we kept losing or not scoring. So yeah, whatever he's uh, whatever he's wearing over his eyes, I'll have some of those. Mm. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. The, All uh, right, Will. Cavalera looks like a striker glasses. Eagles, <laughs> <laughs> mate. That's what they are. 25 goal a season striker, Caballero. All right. Um, Will, what have you gone for, mate? Yeah, I've actually um, going to make a bit of a change, but I'm thinking uh, hopefully his swim shorts that he's bringing to Bournemouth with him uh, when he's gone next week. Uh, let's hope. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say for the promotion party next season. Uh, either way, I mean, probably not. Probably more likely to be wearing them at Bournemouth. Do we think swim to... shorts or do we think a uh, pair of speedos? What's what's his uh, what's his choice? Uh, he probably do, he, he, he do that sort of in between I know you'd one like that to sort of Daniel speedos. Craig wears in Casino Royale. He do he do some sort of like you know swimming briefs or something. You, know you have mean? to be in pretty good shape for those. So yeah. Uh, um, I'm I'm thinking uh, Jay from the in between has sat on his bed with the uh, with the goggle and the snorkel. <laughs> Tell me you love me. Tell me you love me. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make All a street right. to me about that as well. Baldo, what are you going for, mate? Um, I don't know if it's from the Chelsea game, but I just looked up a match report from a from the game against Chelsea. And he's wearing this lovely dark blue slash purple. This is where colour blindness plays a factor. Um like a jacket over his um over his suit. And I just thought it was very sad. everyone goes on about the whole the white one that he wore against Liverpool. But I quite like that. I quite like that one personally. I mean admittedly I'm incredibly non-fashion conscious as anyone who is watching this who's unfortunate enough to be watching this Zoom call can clarify that my fashion choices are terrible. So it could be completely wrong, but that's the one I like personally. 
Yeah, Baldo is currently sporting a silk dressing gown, so <laughs> silk, silk dressing gown and slippers, and it is, and it is twenty eight degrees. So no, he's your not friend really is Camino, Frenchy. It's a Camino. <laughs> it's a Camino, actually. Yeah. Camino is the Breaking Bad film. No, Camino's a planet in Star Wars Attack of the Clones. It is. It is well done, J Man. Jesus Christ! I think that I think that gives you a look into my fashion knowledge. I think in fairness, yeah. we've just lost we've just lost half our listeners from that. Um, oh Christ! Well, we've only got one person listening. Yeah, yeah, it's only one. <laughs> it's it's three-hour spectacular. <laughs> All right, and last but by no means least, J Mac, your uh, Scott Parker outfit of the season. His bulletproof media jacket, I think, is definitely his best uh, um, attire. I just completely impenetrable to any fucking media criticism this season um, for a manager who is really not done very well. I mean, you know, just because he's an England international and they play lovely passing football, but to no actual end product. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand it. I think some some pundits on TalkSport have clocked it, actually. So why are we praising this guy? Why is he being linked to Spurs? But yeah, I don't understand how he's escaped so much criticism. If he was if he was from Europe, he would be crucified for, for how we've done this season. But there you go. Bulletproof media jacket. Fair play. Fair play. All right. Um, penultimate category. And I want a one-liner from each of you for this one because we're running out of time. So the moment you realised we were well and truly fucked this season. Um, I've gone for Arsenal at home. Um, <laughs> J Mac, uh, Lamina crying, like head's gone, dressing room dissolved. Yeah, Lamina crying. Fair enough. Uh, Baldo, uh, Wolves at home. The Adama Traore goal. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Dom, nine minutes at Villa Park. Yeah. Perfect. Morgs. Uh, Leeds at home, the one that we really needed to win. Get the ball yeah. rolling again. Yeah, cool. And Will? Uh, I've gone Burnley at home because if we won, we would have been within six points of them. <laughs> As opposed to being relegated by losing. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we were well around truly, We were well and truly fucked after that one, weren't we? Literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's come on to the last award of the uh, of the show then. It is the Anti-Social Media Award. Okay, so I'm going to come to you first, Baldo. So I have gone for Tony Khan for his tweet after the Aston Villa game. The first tweet, the one that sort of started it all off. It was when he tried to clarify and tried... It was Because I've given him some stick over the years for the way he deals with everything post-match on social media and the fact that he only tweets when we win and all that sort of stuff and I just I actually quite liked the fact that he actually took the time to tweet after a loss you know it wasn't the best thing but fair play to him for actually trying and having the balls to do so it came off poorly but I at least give him credit for saying right we've done badly we're gonna try and fix this you know I've I've ballsed up I'm gonna try I'm gonna try and sort this out I actually give him credit for the way for the way he for the way he did that it probably it was probably bad timing, but the least he tried, I'll give him some credit. Is this the one where he apologised for the performance? Yeah, basically, yeah. And then there was a whole load of uh, we tried to get. We've been trying to work on things since Wembley, and then that's what started the whole um, debate after the Villa game, which I'm sure someone else is going to touch on. Okay, all right, uh, J Mac. It's. Uh... The chairman of Peterborough saying 
the line he tweeted and said, Fulham manager was in for him, discussing Ivan Tony, and Tony Khan just jump jumps straight in uh and says, actually no, more or less, more or less says I was in for him. Um yeah, really, really good player. We we, we loved his stats. It was really, really great. And um yeah, just shame we couldn't do it really. Just the, the weirdest dick swinging move I've ever seen. Um really annoying because that would have I mean Ivan Tony would have been as it turns out, probably a good signing for us. Um, it was just very annoying and stupid and it just still irritates me when I talk about it. So, yeah, Ivan, the Ivan Tony, uh, I nearly bought him bollocks. But have you have you ever listened to the uh, Peterborough chairman? Uh, he, no. He He's, uh, I think, is he Irish, I think? Or he's sort of like, you know, a nightclub owner or whatever. Um, he would not have given a shit who had <laughs> contacted him. <laughs> and if he was put in a room with Tony Khan, he would just, I imagine, uh, if he didn't headbutt him, um, he would probably sort of uh, question who this little shit was in the room well, with him. Next yeah. season, he may well be in a room with Tony Khan because we've got to play him twice. So Very he's hoping. He's hoping. Do you know what All the right. weird thing was about that? Sorry, just quickly on the general thing. It yeah. was the way he said, oh, not the manager, the general manager, don't you mean? Oh, man, that was ridiculous. Job what a dick. The general what a manager. Dick. That's like, but that's like a wrestling term. It's like you know Eric Bischoff, the general manager of Raw. It's just like such an Americanized way of saying things. Not, it's not anti-American by any means. I'm just saying it was a very strange way of uh, describing. It. Would, would you rather be called the general manager or the back door or whatever it is that he's called? The forbidden door or the general manager? <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. God, I think he was wearing sunglasses when he said it. <laughs> All right, Morgs, what have you gone for, mate? Um, I've gone for the constant. By whether it's yeah, like the sort of Instagram and whatnot, the we go again crowd. It's always that, isn't it? It's like <laughs> it's you know we lose a game, or we don't, or we don't win it. It's we go again, we go again, we go again. Oh, we got relegated. That's a shame, isn't it? Um, so yeah, everything to do with we go again. Just got a bit annoying, we, a bit repetitive. We go again at our, at our parent club now. we go again to our we go again to our agent to find get the big money move and uh, we'll be very happy and the irony is we have gone again for the third time in seven years back to the championship cheers lads well done great performance (laughs) so uh, no more going again next season yeah let's hope not let's let's hope not right um my turn i've gone for tony khan's tweet when we signed ruben loftus-cheek I'm thrilled to announce the arrival of Ruben Loftus-Cheek to Fulham on loan. Ruben's a world-class player in the prime of his career. He's earned great Premier League experience and we believe he'll be so valuable to our club in our fight ahead of us. Come on, Fulham. Ru- <laughs> Ruben Loftus-Cheek's got off scot-free tonight. Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Yes, I'm how surprised, shit actually. How shit was he this season, lads? Amazing. He was depressingly shit. Depression shit. Like, to be honest, shit. I think I think he was that bad. Everyone was expecting everyone else to say something about him, so he always <laughs> left it. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely. Was, he was so He's shit a, that, that in a in a podcast of basically shit things that happened, he's still not worth mentioning. Yeah, <laughs> he's he basically really he was he he was uh, the Joker. Heath Ledger's the Joker walking away from the hospital as it's exploding. You obviously, if you're looking to someone who may have set the bomb off, look at the crazy guy with makeup and green hair. But he just walked out scot-free and just carried on with his life. I think he got arrested afterwards, but... (laughs) 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 But Ruben Loftus-Cheek is the Joker in more than one sense. 
he really was a joke. And I think we've we may have talked about this on the podcast this season. I can't really remember. We certainly talked about it privately, but he's the sort of player that in a really good team would probably look all right. But in a team where he's expected to be the star player, which judging by Tony's tweet, where he said he's world-class in the prime of his career, you're expecting him to come in and carry that team uh, and really drive that team on. And he was just absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, and he still got on his on his Twitter bio um, that he uh, Fulham in England or something like that. Not at either, mate. You're not in either team. <laughs> and, ne- but- ne- and, ne- and never will be again. <laughs> What's the um the, the fact Tony Khan said he was in the prime of his career? The guy just got a comeback from a year's ruptured Achilles tendon injury. Who the hell has ever been in their prime after rupturing their Achilles? <laughs> it's like yeah. I think your stats computer's a bit out of date, mate. I mean, seriously, <laughs> take a look at it. Update it from Windows ninety five next year. I think Frenchie summed it up the way he, the way he said, uh, "Come on, Fulham." It, it, <laughs> I didn't realise at the time that that is actually what. Tony Carmaster men, as in, come on, Fulham, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> come on. Yeah. But that being said, when he when he signed, we were really excited. That was an exciting signing at the time. Little did we know he was going to be so shit. But there you go. That's how it he was. The, out. He was the Andre Scherler, wasn't he, of the season? He was worse than Andre Scherler, I'd say. Andre Scherler scored a couple of worldies. All Ruben yeah. Loftus cheat did was score a deflected goal and a defeat against Everton. I, I feel really bad now about my treatment over Scherler uh, compared to how I feel now about Ruben Loftus-Cheek, for sure. You used to hang around the Negger's window, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're in there. <laughs> my German's right. a bit rusty, but I'm pretty sure that uh, it said something about you egging his house, and uh, that's why he uh, decides to call it quits. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. This this Fulham fan, <laughs> oh, bloody Fulham! All right, um, Matt Dom. Yeah, uh, for me, for me, what kind of annoyed me? I mean, there's there's a lot. There was a lot of shit tweets, wasn't there last year? Let's face it. But it was um, it was Jeff Stelling at the end of the season after <laughs> after the Burnley defeat, and he tweeted a class reaction from Scott Parker in a difficult post relegation interview on Monday Night Football. Fulham need to stick with him. He didn't give any more details as to why we needed to stick with him. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming he must he must have a reason apart from English manager. But this is a manager who guided his side to 11 points away from safety, finished the season with two points from the last available 30. You know, and yet here are all the wankers on Sky telling us we've got to stick with him for for no reason whatsoever. It's just it was it was the final kick in the teeth for these people telling us. That you know what what we know best, or they telling us that they know better than than we do about the club. Which, and I know I know everyone wants Parker to go, but there was nothing in that season that that really justified why we should stick with him. For me, we go again, mate. We go again. <laughs> Unbelievable, Jeff. Unbelievable, Jeff. <laughs> All right, and last word goes to Will. Yeah. So. um like Baldwin mentioned earlier about the uh, comments after the Villa game. So someone basically put out a tweet and the last sentence said, uh, our fans love this club dearly, yet you seem to happy, to, you seem happy to let us become a yo-yo club for financial gains. Uh, and he said, well, absolutely nothing I can say would make up for tonight's performance. Frankly, we would have absolutely killed to be a yo-yo club when I took it over after finishing 20th in the championship. And I mean, we were way successful, uh, way more successful before he came in. Um, 
yeah, he took over when we were 20th in the championship, but you know, you can't just look at that, can you really? Um, but also no matter how it's not true, but even if it was true, you can't be tweeting that out as someone who's sorting out transfers for the club and overseeing all business. You can't be tweeting that stuff out saying, yeah, you would have killed to be a yo-yo club. I mean, uh, yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, you're you're tweeting that. You're tweeting that to a set of supporters, who okay, we oh, historically we've been through it, but for 13 years straight we were in the Premier League, and we got to a European Cup final before your dad bought the club. Yeah, so exactly. Now, I mean, so we wouldn't have killed to be a yo-yo club during those times. It weren't until your fucking dad bought the club, put you in charge, that we got in this fucking mess. Yeah, so, exactly. No I, mean, I mean, I don't know what he was expecting people to pry, reply saying, oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. Like, what was he expecting people to say after putting that out? What, what is going through his head? Um, and I think that's probably why now I believe he's um, not on Twitter anymore. Or he hasn't tweeted in ages, thank God. No, no, he's still tweeting as the forbidden door. <laughs> oh, right. oh right well so, there you so go the, the disguise was so good you just didn't notice it well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. it's the big sunglasses that he wears now just to cover up whatever he's been doing uh, the night before. yeah yeah um, <laughs> but the yo-yo <laughs> comment is going to stick with him forever I mean until we actually start you know solidifying our place in the Premier League if it yeah, ever I, flipping happens I, but yeah that's, it, that's never going to go away yeah it came up on Sky didn't it and I mean like, like I said when your director of football tweets are getting ridiculed on Sky something's definitely going wrong yeah, and next right. week our interview with Tony Khan <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I can't imagine he's ever going to come on our podcast is he but never mind eh never mind alright well that's your lot this season guys a big thank you to all the Fulham Focus co-hosts this season thanks to Sonia Twig Tom Greytrex Jack and Loz and of course the one and only Collins John for helping us out this season hopefully there'll be plenty more from all of them as we mount our charge to attempt promotion next season also, a massive shout out to our editor, Don Love, who pieces this all together every week, without whom we wouldn't have a show. So cheers, Don. Well done, mate. Uh, finally, thanks for listening to our show. We share the same frustrations as you do with this wonderful club of ours and being able to talk through it all is almost a form of therapy for us. So we really do appreciate you taking the time to join us for it. We'll be back for a season preview at some point in July, I expect. So until then, enjoy the Euros, have an amazing summer and speak to you soon. Cheers. Cheers.